The following audio is from Overland Park Community Church. More information about OPCC is available online at www.overlandpark.cc. So this message series has, as Jimmy said, has been a ton of fun. Um, you know, what if the church, you know, blessed the neighborhood? And obviously we're on the, I get to bring the series home today, which I'm excited about. Um, we're going to talk about stories. Um, you know, how important is it, it is um, to share your story, to, ha- to have a story, um, how important it is to know certainly the story of Jesus and, and how to uh, listen and get involved in other people's story and how it, that gives you a platform uh, of which to, to minister from. And so, um, and then obviously the, um, we'll, we'll end with, with the idea that, that history, right, is his story, or the story of Jesus. Everything we're going to talk about today is all about Jesus. Um, he is the only one that matters. So um, if you would, you want to turn with me to uh, 1 John chapter 1, 1 through 4. We're going to, uh, it's fitting that we just start in the word here. So um, John says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. So I was sitting with the Lord on this verse and you know, I was like, it's obviously John, and he actually did see the resurrected Christ, you know? Like, he actually looked upon the resurrected Lord. He saw the Lord, you know, in the, in the flesh, the, the, the Word incarnate, and then he saw the resurrected Lord. Um, and I'm like, I was, and my initial thought was, man, I, haven't, like, I can't use this verse, like, that which we have seen with our eyes. Like, I haven't seen the Lord with my eyes, you know? But, and then I thought, like, the Lord softened my heart, and he's like, yeah, you have, man. You have seen the Lord with your eyes. Like, the work of God in your life is the, is the visible seeing of the, the real God, you know? And so I was encouraged. The, the, the Lord gave me that word that, you know, <clears throat> my own personal story um, is, is, is evidence in and of itself uh, of God, right, in my life and the realities of who Jesus is, um, and so um, I thought that that passage was just fitting for us today, you know, and John says that we write these things to you that your joy may be full. So in this sense, I'm not writing to you, I'm speaking to you, but I'm going to share with you some of my story uh, so that your joy may be full and that you may know that the fellowship I have is with the Lord and that as you and I get to share fellowship in the body of Christ, our fellowship is, is in the Lord and all of our joy would be full. So happy Father's Day to those fathers in the room. I didn't even realize when Jimmy asked me to preach this Sunday, I didn't realize it was Father's Day, which is cool. And I'm thankful to have my folks here from Texas. So on, on a Father's Day, that's a huge blessing for me. And for those of you that don't know, Molly is my wife. We've got three kids. Gabriel is four, Joshua is two, and Sadie, that is six months. They're all two years apart, and they're a huge blessing, and hopefully each of you have gotten to meet them at some point. Um, my 
story really begins, and I'll, I'll make the pre-Christ portion of my story fairly short, but know that I was raised in an, in an awesome home, and um, my, my parents did everything they could to make sure that I had a baseball glove to, to play with, you know, and, and, and soccer cleats to, to run in, and, uh, and then everything in between. You lived in a cool neighborhood. I went to good schools. Like, it was, it was a, an incredible, blessed uh, upbringing. Um, but the spiritually, the, the Lord's uh, working in my life did not begin until college. And so, as Jimmy said, I went uh, to Arkansas. Um, praise the Lord for that, because I met Molly there. Um, I played football as a field goal kicker, no kickoffs. And um, but it was fun. I had a good time, but you know, I had a lot of identity wrapped up in that. You know, I didn't spent my whole life good as good at sports. Um, always loved loved athletics and was encouraged in that. But um, you know, it was, it, especially in college, it kind of had become an idol for me, uh, something I invested my whole life in, and my identity was wrapped up in in that. And so, uh, at some point, <laughs> sooner or later, uh, that road was going to end for me. And since my identity was tied to football, when football kind of came to a dead-end road, it left me searching. You know, I'm like, well, I'm not a football. I'm no longer the kicker for the Razorbacks. You know, I'm no longer this person that I had kind of made myself to be. Um, and, I, and so I started searching. And anyways, I, I came to work uh, at World Gym. I started personal training at a gym there in Fayetteville. And uh, it was funny that I wasn't even certified. Uh, I went to the owner of the gym, and I was like, man, I, I need a job. Like, I don't, you know, I don't uh, know what else to say, but man, I know how to work out. I've been played football, and, uh, you know, you think you got a job for me. He's like, yeah, man, uh, you probably start next week. <laughs> this guy, I'll never forget, his name was Harley Mork. He just hired me on the spot, and I started next week. Not even certified, not legal, but uh, it was a fun job, and Lo and behold, I had been in that job for a little bit, and um, you know, I had just met Molly, and, but man, my heart was stirring. I knew something was missing in my life, and I, I don't know if you call it depression or what, but it's just something was missing, you know? I, wasn't, I went from being kind of a class B celebrity, so to speak, and, you know, in the state of Arkansas to an uncertified personal trainer at World Gym. I'm like, what? This, and it happened fast, you know? And... Um, and then this, this guy, uh, Patrick is his name. To this day, he's one of our best friends. Um, you know, he came into the gym. And at the time, I kind of wish I had a picture. Maybe ask Molly. She'll send you a picture one time. But I had a mohawk. And, I mean, I, was, I thought I was cool, but I was not at all. And Patrick came in, and I knew something was, was different about Patrick. And he bought the biggest personal training package you could buy. And I was like, whoa. You know, I couldn't believe it. I was used to only selling like one at a time and begging people to come back just, you know, uh, so I had some food money, some play money. But uh, anyways, he came back um, and man, this guy just showed up every day working out, ready to work out, ready to work out, ready to work out. And so, you know, he's kind of getting to know me and I'm getting to know him. And the whole time I could just tell there was a peace about this guy. He just was filled with the Lord and I didn't know it, but I kind of knew something was up, you know, and um, anyways, he had, he had shared Christ with me while he was on the treadmill. I was, I was wearing him out and, uh, and he was on the treadmill and, um, I had just kind of asked him his story, you know, and he had shared with me, uh, his recent story about how, you know, his brother, uh, had committed suicide and there was some, 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 some heaps in his life, you know, there were some challenges that, that he was dealing with, but man, the way he told me this story, was just unbelievable peace in him. Like he, he, 
he just spoke with such security in his voice, and he's on this treadmill telling me about how he just lost his brother. And I'm like, what, how's this guy not like crying or like falling off the treadmill? You know, like what, how, is, how is this possible? Like I would be a wreck, you know? Uh, and it just kind of led me into wanting to know more about this guy's life. And long story short, he invited us over to his house uh, for dinner, and he just blessed us with some food and thought it was cool that, you know, that eat was a part of the bless message. And Patrick modeled that for us. He just, he, you know, I'm, I know he was praying for us, right? Begin in prayer. I know he was praying for us. Listen and engage. That's what he did every day when he showed up at that gym. He just listened to, to the Lord, and he engaged with me. Uh, and then he invited us over to eat, you know. Uh, he told us his story, uh, or, you know, he started serving us, right? I remember my phone. I dropped my phone in the lake. And he showed up one day at a, at a, to work out, and he, uh, he had a, a phone for me. He, he bought me a, an iPhone. You know, he was like, hey, man, I, I heard you dropped your phone in the lake. You know, I just wanted to bless you with this phone. Uh, and so he, he was serving, always looking for opportunities to, to just be the hands and feet of Jesus, you know. Um, and so I actually ended up accepting the Lord in the backseat of his car on the way to Eureka Springs one day after church. There was a lady and some other people giving their testimonies at a, at a small church there in Fayetteville that he was going to, and uh, he invited us out to Eureka Springs, Arkansas for a little day around the town, and I was so convicted of, of the Lord's moving upon my heart, and it led me to repentance, you know, of the sin in my life, and I was so uh, excited to turn my life over, even though I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I knew it's uh, what I needed to do, so that's how I got saved, and, and Patrick really it invested a significant amount of time into my life and into Molly's life. Um, and he really modeled discipleship, you know. So part of my story is, to, is, is the gift of discipleship, right? Jesus modeled that with his disciples, and it was modeled for us just really well. And I'm, you know, I'm just, you know, share that to encourage you guys, uh, in, in, whether you're currently being discipled or, you're getting into a discipleship relationship and to, you know, where you're pouring into another person. Like, man, that's, that's how the, the kingdom manifests itself in, in, in very healthy and rich ways is through discipleship. And Molly and I were uh, blessed recipients uh, of a man who just faithfully like, poured into our lives for several years. Um, and so um, I, I highlight Patrick um, you know, obviously for the, for the glory of Jesus, but, but at the time, like, that, he was the Jesus. Like, I, you know, I was either not in the faith, and, at, and then when I got saved, I was new in the faith. Like, it was hard for me to conceptualize Jesus, but I saw the Lord and Patrick, you know, and I was, like, drawn to that. And, and then he just continued to point me to Jesus until I was able to come to a maturing relationship with the Lord on my own. Um, but the cool part is, like, we have that same opportunity, right? Like our neighbors, like our, our people, our business partners, or, you know, our workout buddies, like, they, they see the Lord in us, you know, and if they're not of the faith, right, if they're not born again, Christians, you know, the tangible Jesus that they see is us, and so um, excited, you know, that's a, that's a very exciting opportunity that we all have, is to, to truly be um, the, the Jesus, the hands and feet of Jesus, the, the walking Lord, um, all through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so 
um, we started to, to grow in our faith and, and through the process of sanctification, you know, we, we were led, uh, we moved back down to Texas for a couple years and then we moved back to Arkansas um, where we resided for a few years and we met a guy named, named Jarrett and Jarrett McClellan was, man, just a wonderful friend of ours and an amazing man of God and he was a community pastor at the church we were going to and, you know, you know I share this with you, I'm, I'm going to share four stories of some some men that God has put in my life as part of this building story, right? So like five years ago or six years ago, my story kind of was like my pre-Christ, and then it's like I got saved. And like that was the highlight of my life. That was my story. And it still is the highlight of my life, but God's doing more, right? There's, he keeps adding to the story, and it almost feels like um, what happened before Christ is almost irrelevant. Like, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, right? Like, my life is new. Like, I am a different person. You know, the old has passed away. Um, and so it's exciting that, like, my spiritual birth, when I got saved in the backseat of Patrick's car on the way to Eureka Springs, was the beginning of this new life and a new story, right? And there's a bunch of micro stories that are put pieced together by the Lord to tell one story, ultimately, my hope would be that it reflects Jesus, right? And you can be pointed to his story. But um, So first person was Patrick. Second person was Jarrett. And Jarrett really taught us the importance of community. Like he was a community pastor at the church. And man, this guy was gifted in encouragement. Like I've never met anyone. Like when you leave this guy's presence, my dad's shaking his head because he's met him. Man, you just feel encouraged. Like you, like you could be literally like a like a dumpster diving, like porta potty cleaning, you know, like that is your calling. And you will leave this guy's presence being like, man, I am a minister of the gospel in this porta potty cleaning business. Like, I, man, I scoop with divine passion, you know. And he's just an, man, he just, he would bless people and encourage them and he would lift them up. And it truly is a gift that he has. Um, but he, he uses that in, in community, you know, and Molly and I really grew in our passion for the local church, having met Jarrett, you know, engaging in small group and, and really loving on people that were right in front of us, you know, whether it was the lady at the little Iron Horse coffee shop I used to go and get coffee at, or the, the guy that I used to rent canoes from, you know, and float the Kings River, um, which I've been praying for that guy, by the way, and still am. And uh, his name's Ernie. If you want to join me in prayer for Ernie, I believe the Lord's going to save him. Um, but, you know, Jared just really helped me to see, like, what was right in front of me. And so um, I was incredibly blessed by, by Jared's relationship. And in, the, in that process, it led me to, um, to a man named Rich Darling. And, man, I love Rich. I call him Richie. And our boys call him Uncle Richie. He, uh, as Jarrett was encouraging me, and him and I were meeting uh, for coffee, and we'd go fishing together, and we, I was, he was like, man, what's the Lord doing in your life? Like, who's the Lord got right in front of you? You know, and Jarrett was always really good about encouraging me with these people that I would bring up the conversation. Well, I don't know. I, you know and, and in this case, Rich, uh, I lived in northwest Arkansas. We lived in northwest Arkansas, and Rich lived in Houston, and he was, we both were working for, for GE. I, I worked for General Electric, I uh, sell to hospitals, and he did too. And um, so 
we had this deal going on in Little Rock at Baptist Health Medical Center. And it was like, in, in the worldly sense, in the flesh, it was a big deal. $40 million, like big life-changing comp checks on the line and this and that. But man, I was, as I was praying about the deal and the people around it, the Lord was like, man, like this, this, this deal at Baptist is not what you think. Like, you're going to lose this deal. Like, you're not going to win that. And I wasn't discouraged by that. I, I believed that God was putting, like, rich in my life. And, and the only way I was going to meet rich was to work this deal. And I went into it knowing, man, we're going to lose this thing. $40 million is going to go up in flames. And that's, so that's totally cool. I was, I was more than fine with that. Um, I, I probably am not a good enough financial steward anyway to, <laughs> to be a, a good steward of the blessing of financially from that deal anyway. So I was happy to pursue that deal knowing we were going to lose. But man, there was a soul on the line. And God had really told me, man, press into rich. This guy needs to hear the message of Jesus, man. He needs hope. And I didn't even know his story. But we had a meeting in Springfield one time. It was like a region meeting. And, and Rich comes, and I see him there. And we're high-fiving, and, and hey, man, how's it going, this and that. And there's other, other people at this, at this meeting. And the GM of our business is at this meeting. I mean, you know, one of the big dogs, right? And he's, he's talking, and he's giving this presentation. And it was bizarre, but I, like, I was confident the Lord was like, man, text Richie. And, and see what if he needs a ride to the airport. I'm like, okay. So I text him, you know, hey, bro, you need a ride to the airport? And he was like, yeah, actually, my flight is, you know, coming up, like, pretty soon. I'm like, well, like, I'll take you. And so we're in, like, this kind of small hotel room, you know, and I'm like, so I grab my bag, and GM's talking, and I kind of scoot my chair in. I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, yeah, excuse me. Like, I moved by, like, 10 people, and then they're probably all like, I know he's not going to the bathroom because he grabbed his computer bag, you know. Anyway, so Rich and I get up, and we leave, and um, I, we were on our way to the airport, and I said, well, what? I said, man, what's your story? You know, like, what, what do you got going on? And anyways, he uh, was getting ready to potentially take a new job, and the Lord just hit me, like, right then. He was like, man, you got to tell this guy that Jesus loves him, man, and just, uh, like, I'm going to do the rest, but you just got to tell him that the Lord loves him. And so I did. Like, we're sitting there in the car, and I said, man, I don't know, like, I hope you nothing but the best, man. I hope you go and have a, a job, and I hope you go and do um, whatever the Lord has you doing. You know, I knew he wasn't saved, but I said, man, I just hope you're blessed, but if this, is, this might be the last time I see you if you take a new job, man, I want you to know that Jesus loves you, man, like, you have no idea. I said, I've been praying for you. I don't know what you got going on in your life, but man, like, just let the Lord into your life. I'm like, I don't know what he's been tugging on. I don't know anything, but I know I was supposed to tell you that today. And he ended up accepting Christ in my car as I, like, as I, I grabbed him by the hand, and I was like, man, let's just pray. I'm going to lead you to the Lord. And then when you get on that plane and wherever you go, like, I'm just fully putting my faith in the Lord with your life. But I believe that you're secure in this moment right now. And so I led him to the Lord, and praise God for that. And then he called me a few weeks later, and he's like, man, something happened. Like, something happened, dude. He's like, man, I have been struggling with an alcohol addiction for 20-plus for years. I've lost a marriage over it. I've lost a few jobs over it. I've gotten five DUIs. And I'll let, you, I'll let him tell his story sometime via video or something because it is incredible. But the Lord did something in this, in this guy's life. And so I've discipled him for the last two years. That was two years ago. And this man is an absolute burning fire 
for the Lord and is a tremendous, tremendous uh, blessing for the kingdom of God. And so I'm thankful for the Lord to have been invited into this man's life and to have had the opportunity to invest in him and disciple him and ultimately model what Patrick had done for me. Like, I was rich with Patrick, you know? And then the, the Lord kind of raised me up and, uh, and through the, the help, certainly, and the encouragement and the prayers of people like my wife and the Lord himself, I know, intercedes in prayer for us. You know, and then he raised me up and then gave me an opportunity to just pour right into Rich, you know? And I'm kind of praying the same for Rich, you know? Like, who's the guy that, that, that God's gonna put in Rich's life, you know? And that, that's exponential kingdom disciple making like that's what the lord did he just invested in a small group of people and they went out and just evangelized the world you know and so um and now i find myself in overland park with jimmy and abby and like we're we're seriously have been blessed to be at overland park community church like i'm looking out at smiling faces of some people i've gotten to know really well other people i haven't gotten to know so well but we've got nothing but time, and I'm, I'm so encouraged, but I, you know, God has, has called Molly and I to just fall under Jimmy. You know, I feel like we're in kind of a shepherding season right now where the Lord is, is using a, a faithful man of God and Jimmy to just show us what shepherding looks like, and so I'm excited to just, once again, kind of sit, you know, and be a student and, and listen and glean, and I'm super blessed by Jimmy and, and thankful and again, you know, he's told the story, but I met him at Lifetime, you know. Uh, and so I guess God works at fitness clubs, right? I met Patrick at, <laughs> met Patrick at World Gym, and I met Jimmy at Lifetime, man. I guess maybe God's telling me I need to, to get back in the gym, so, which is probably true. But um, Mark 519, um, if you want to go there with me, says, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. Uh, you know, this is the story of the crazy guy in the caves, right, out in on the east side of the Galilee, right, where he's this demon-possessed guy, and he's so crazy that he keeps breaking the chains, and everybody's just like, man, leave that guy out there. Like, he's totally nuts. And Jesus comes up to this guy, and he, he sees him, right? This guy sees Jesus coming, and he acknowledges him, it's like, he's like, son of God, like, what do you have to do with me? You know, what, what is the deal with your visitation? Why are you coming to see me, you know? And Jesus had compassion on the man, and he cast out the demons, right? And the demons went into the swine, into the pigs, right? And then the pigs ran off the cliff and into the water. And he told this man, this man wanted to follow Jesus, right? He wanted to, he was like, all right, Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm hopping in the boat with you. Like, we're going to do some fishing. We're going to eat some sandwiches. Like, this thing's going to be good. And he's like, no, man. You're not going with me. Go and tell the city. Go and tell your family. Go and tell these people the compassion that I've had for you. You know, Let them know the things that the Lord has done in your life. And so I will be with you, right? You don't need to go with me in the boat. You, I, I, my, I, will, I will be with you as you go and tell. So uh, I say that as an encouragement to you guys. You know, God will use your story to reach people for eternity. And so, you know, be encouraged. I mean, the Lord, it's a commandment, certainly. The Lord tell, commands us to tell our story. Um, but it's not a, an, like, a, like, a, like a puppy dog obedient type thing. Like when you share your story and you see the power of God working in someone's life, that's encouraging. Like it, there's nothing else you could live for 
um, that would give you more fulfillment than knowing that God has used the work of, his, of himself in your life to reach someone else for eternal security. I mean, that is, there's nothing else that you could live for that would give you that. Um, 1 Peter 3.15 says, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. I mean, always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that's in you. That was my story. Like, I asked Patrick, like, man, what, like, what, do, you ha- what do you mean your brother just killed himself? What do, you, what do you mean, like, you don't have any family left? Like, wh- what do you mean you just came into the gym because you felt the Lord told you to come in here and minister to a guy that, you know, was in need of it? Like, what do you, what did you that mean, man? Teach me that. Like, I don't, I don't live with that kind of hope, man. Like, if my brother blasted himself, man, I'd be probably jumping off the 62 bridge or something, you know, like, or I'd be doing a bunch of drugs. Yeah, I don't have that peace that you do. And so, um, the, the people of the world, of the community, your neighbors, they see you every day getting in and out of your truck, mowing your yard, singing songs, Man, they know there's something in you guys that they don't have, you know, and that, that just be encouraged by that. Like, I know that even in the, in the weakest moments of my flesh, like, I know that God is still using that. Like, I know that someone sees the work of the Lord in my life even when I feel like I'm making an utter mess of it. And so be encouraged in that. Um, and then... Uh, that leads me to um, kind of building off the, the listen and engage piece that Jeff spoke on is, you know, ask someone to tell you their story. This is kind of an, an idea I wanted to highlight. Ask someone to tell you their story. It's likely the first step into their spiritual condition. It's kind of like with Rich, you know. I ask him, what's your story, man? You know, and he tells me about this addiction, man. He tells me about these struggles in his life, and I could feel the pain is so deep in this guy's heart, man, he blew a marriage over it. He's blown a lot of money on recovery. Mike, it's reminding me of the woman with, with the issue of, of blood in, in the New Testament, right, where it says that she had spent everything she had looking for things of the world to heal that condition. And she met Jesus, and that was it. And that's like rich, man. He tried it all. Like he was in Tucson, at recovery. He was in Florida. He was in Minnesota. He was in Houston. He was everywhere, man. And this guy had spent a lot of money. Spent every day in AA, two or three meetings a day, just just begging for an opportunity to, to be healed. And then he met Jesus in my car at the airport in Springfield, Missouri. And that changed everything in this guy's life. You know, and the seal of our faith is the Holy Spirit. And man, this guy's got the Holy Spirit. It's awesome, man. And like, if you're curious about your own salvation, or if you're curious about what the Lord's doing in someone else's life, it's the whole, like the Holy Spirit is the seal of our salvation. Like the evidence of the Spirit of God in a man or woman's life is the evidence that the Lord has changed them and that they're born again. And so be looking for that and be praying for that, you know, uh, for these people. And um, the, uh, the big idea 
is, is, is this idea that all of our stories, right, we all have a story. I have a story, and I'm thankful to have shared some snippets of that with you. There's certainly many more details that I'd be blessed to share with you because it increases my faith every time I share. Um, but, there, you know, I want to hear your stories. Like, I'm looking out, and I know some stories. Like, I know some of Jimmy's story. I know Molly's story. You know, there's people that I've heard snippets, but, man, I want to hear your story. And, like, if, if it's uncomfortable to share your story with your neighbor right now, like, if you're like, man, that seems kind of odd. Like, I mean, I don't, you know, like, I don't even borrow this guy's weed eater, much less talk to him about how Jesus saved my life. Man, share your story right here. Like, and that will, that will encourage you. That will encourage me. Like, I want to hear how the Lord's moved in your life. That will bless me. And I believe this body will grow close, even closer than they already are, if we knew each other's story. I mean, I'm looking at people. I'm like, man, I don't know your story, Tannis. I know a little bit, tiny bit. Like, I got five minutes, like, a couple weeks ago. You know, but, man, I want to hear your story. Like, I want to know what has God done in your life, man, Dan and Amy, like we've hung out with you guys, but I don't even really know the story. Like I want the details, you know? Like we need to eat together so we got time to hear the details, you know? And so start with that, man. Start with, with, with right here. If, if outward is uncomfortable, that's all right. The Lord is not mad at you for that. Maybe you're supposed to practice right here, sharing your story with people in this room. And I, I want to encourage you in that. And, of course, the idea is that it's all about Jesus, man. Like history, Patrick used to tell me this, history is his story. Like the story of Jesus is, is everything, right? Like those, you know, Old Testament saints look to the cross. You know, New Testament saints, we look back at the cross, man. Everything that we have to give to someone happened on the cross and certainly out of the grave. And so, we, we, you know, our story is with that end in mind, is that the, the goal is to share the hope of Jesus, the message of the cross. That You know, like Paul said, if I, I aim, if I know nothing, I want to know one thing, and that is Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's it. Thank you for listening to audio from Overland Park Community Church in Overland Park, Kansas. For more information, visit us online at www.overlandpark.cc.